good to be here tonight. Um, my 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 heart is just overjoyed with that that fantastic worship. Those girls, just ladies, just really really bless my heart tonight. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so again, good to be back. Always good to be here when I get to come and and fellowship with you guys. Uh, it's just priceless, and, and I know I say that every time, and I will continue to say that every time because it's true every time. I just really look forward to it. So uh, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord at all times. May his name always be on my lips. And Lord, we just thank you for another opportunity to come in and, and uh, be uh, encouraged and, and uh, enlightened through the worship, Father, and uh, the op opportunity to go into your word. And to uh, we pray, as always, that it will re be rightly divided. And I just thank you for everyone here that we have another chance to try and get it right. So uh, I just pray that you would just continue to pour your Holy Spirit out on us, Father. And I, I do pray for each and every one of us, the ones that are here and the ones that are not, that we don't get caught up in the fear that has been instituted by the social media, Father. So, again, I'm not one to talk on this stuff, but everyone here knows uh, our concerns. And I just pray that you don't allow yourself to get drawn in by it. So we thank you again for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, last week, uh, we went into uh, John chapter 15, and we're going to go back there tonight. We're going to finish up, Lord willing. We did verses 1 through 17, where Jesus uh, put emphasis on the word love and loves. As I told you guys, uh, that he, um, he just talked about his love for us and how he uh, encourages us to love the the. the the, the body, love the, the fellowship, love the body of Christ. And we're going to take a turn tonight, maybe not uh, from the Lord's standpoint, but from ours. Uh, in verses 1 through 17, John 15, verses 1 through 17, the word love, as I said, was mentioned uh, in those few verses nine times. But in verses 18 through 25, the word hate or hate it or hates is going to be mentioned eight times. And what I said to you guys last week, when, when the Lord continues to repeat things like that, he's trying to get a message through. So I pray that he got a message through last week uh, with us loving one another, us loving him, us learning, uh, uh, learning to allow him to love us. And I just pray that we also understand it from the other side now. Because what he said in, in, in uh, John 15 is, the world has hated me without a cause. And typically when we do things, there's a motive. There's something that drives us, a motivation. And uh, I can remember years ago I was asked, well, why did Jesus have to die? And my response was he was bad for business. And, and, and actually, I'm not sure, that may not be the right thing to say, but that's how I feel. He was bad for business, and so we got to get rid of this man because he's destroying all the things that, that allow us to, to prosper. And so I, if it was more to it than that, he, did, he died for our sins. I think we all know that, our sin. I think we all know that, but, but when we go through this, as we go through this, these next few verses, I just want you to ask yourself, why is he really, really driving the point that the world is going to hate us and it's the same answer to the word to the uh to when he says do not fear he says do not fear because we are going to fear he says the world is going to hate you because the world is going to hate us but why would they hate us why would they hate jesus he didn't do anything wrong are we doing anything wrong for them to hate us and it's and he'll encourage us that it's not him, it's not us that the world hates, it's who we serve that they hate. And, he, and as we go through it, you see, you, most of you know it already. If they hate you, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. That's just the reciprocal. And there's no, no, no questions about it. So as we dig in, I just, I just, um, I'm just going to encourage you to really think about what he's telling us here. And it's not... It's not, uh, I don't want, I say it's not encouraging, my words, because some of us are not really sure when and if the world hates us. 
Because we are, we're very comfortable around them. We're very comfortable around the unsaved. We're, we're very comfortable around those who don't care to know of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're very comfortable. There's a problem there. If you're comfortable with them or they're comfortable with you, that means that you're not doing anything that shines light on their darkness. And that's where we need to be. We need to be sure, and we know that we know that we know that we're shining light on their darkness. And it's just a natural outcome. We want to reflect on the outside what Jesus is doing on the inside. As simple as that. And that's letting that light shine, being that salt. When that savor is gone, when that light is out or even dimmed, there's a problem with us. So let's not be that way. So uh, let's dig in and, and we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, John, 15, John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. You're not of the world. You're not its own. Ideally, your heart is, you've been, you've been set apart. You've been sanctified. And so now you're not like them. They see something different in you. You know, when I hear someone says, I've been working at this place for, you know, four or five months, and my coworkers don't know that I'm a Christian. I think that's a, that's a disgrace. You're not honoring the Lord because if you are honoring him, you are going to be different from them. They're going to see it, they're going to hear it, and they're going to feel it. You are different. Something, there's something different about him or her. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm just, I'm just going to watch them. And some of us are, are afraid to be different. You are a new creation, and we are a new creation, and we need to be able to express that. We should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should take a stand for Christ every chance we get. We should not allow them to dictate our fears, our concerns, uh, even the things that we say. Well, Brother, I, I understand. I, I want to be a Christian, but I really don't want to. I don't want to get political in the workplace. And it depends on what you mean by political. If you talk about the, the the love of Christ in your life, that's not political. If you talk about what He's doing in you and your family, that's not political. Uh, let me put that in another way. There's something, or I'll just—I won't say something. I'll say someone that you love dearly. Uh, some of you have children. You love your child dearly. When someone asks you, oh, how's your daughter doing? How's your son doing? Oh, you can't. Oh, I got pictures. I got video. Uh, the works. I got, I got a scrapbook right here in my purse or whatever. I don't know. And you can't wait to show them. I love this kid. And I want you to love him. So when, when it comes to Christ, now I found this, God, this Jesus that I really, really love. I can't wait. Let me tell you about him. You may not have pictures, you may not have videos, but you got his love in your heart. And you can show that, you can express that. And that's where you want to be. I can't wait to tell you. So what's the Lord doing in your life? Oh, girl, please, you know, it's, let me tell you. And that's how we want to be excited about it. I want to be excited about it because it wasn't always this way. I didn't always have a heart for God. Some of you did, maybe. I did not. So when I tasted and saw that he was good, I can't wait to tell him. And when I get an opportunity to come here before you guys, you know, once in a while, it's like I, I, I have to express it. I, I, I can't contain it anymore. I used, to, I used to try and be cool when I was young, you know, but what I realized is that, you know what cool is? The word cool, think about it. Is that hot? No. Is that cold? No. So what is it? It's lukewarm. So I want to be cool. Not necessarily lukewarm, but it's like, you know, I'm chill. I'm just kind of a low-key guy. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really get too excited. And I didn't. I tried to keep everything on the level. But when the Lord came into my life, and I never, ever thought that he would give me an opportunity to share it in the way that he has or he's doing. And I, I'm loving it. So, so I, I don't even try and suppress it anymore. I just let it go. This is what he's doing, and I want to tell you. 
uh, verse 19, if you were the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And it's hard because just what he said, they hated me without a cause. Why do they hate you? They don't. If you gave in and say, okay, I no longer serve that Jesus Christ that you serve, okay, now you're fitting in. Now we're getting somewhere. Now you're one of us, and that's where he wants you to be. That's where the world, when I say he, that's where the world wants you to be. It wants you to be one of their own. You don't want to be one of their own. You were one of their own, and there's a reason why your heart was changed. You had a heart transplant, and you were converted to follow Jesus Christ. Why did you do that? If the world loved you so much, if the world gave you the things that you needed, why did you have to make the conversion? Because you'll be, never be satisfied. We would never be content with the things of the world. Some of us have tried it. Some of us, even now, got the stuff, all the stuff. Is this all there is? I thought once we got these objects of desire that we would be happy and we're not content. There's that void that you're trying to fill that I'm trying to fill, and it can't be filled with material things. It has to be the love of Christ. So that's where we want to be. Uh, and here it says, since Satan is the one who dominates the evil world system in rebellion against God, the result is that the world hates not only you, not only Jesus, but those who follow him. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You got to be sure. You got to be sure. You got to know that you're committed to the cause. Because once you do, and the world knows it, they're going to try their best to turn you, uh, to, to cause you to repent. Repent from loving Christ. Can't be done, folks. If you have committed to him and you know his heart, you've learned his heart, you're learning his heart, you're going to continue to follow him. And hatred towards Jesus means also hatred towards the Father who sent him. It goes even beyond that. Not only do I hate you, I hate the, the Jesus that you follow, and I hate the Father that sent him. That's pretty deep. And, and that's why he said on the cross, forgive them for they not know what they do. That wasn't just for then. That's for now. The ones who, don't, who won't receive him. And I won't say they can't. They won't. There's always opportunity. And just so many reasons why they can give you. Well, why do you have such a, trouble, why do you have such a problem with this Jesus that I serve? Well, I, it's just too hard. It's too hard. I just have to give up so much in order to follow your Jesus, and I'm not willing to do that. And think about what are you giving up? What have you got to lose? by What if I try and live this righteous life, and then I find out that this was all a hoax, that there is no Jesus, there is no heaven, there is no hell? What have, I, what have you lost? Well, I missed out on a lot of fun. You guys have heard me talk about it before. The things that we thought were fun— when we wore younger people's clothes, we realized they weren't so much fun after all. How many of us have scars now from our, from our early years? And I'm not talking about physical scars. I'm talking about psychological, mental scars. I would say most people in this room, and some, even the ones among us who are young, they've received scars already as a result of that. It can be avoided. It can be avoided. And don't, don't buy the lie that... Well, I just want to have fun now, and at some point, I'll change my life, because that's what Grandma did before she went to heaven. And there's no guarantee, no guarantee whatsoever. So if, if you've got those scars now, just remember that when the world inflicted those upon you, they had no mercy. They had no grace. That's what the Lord offers. Verse 20 Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you kept my word, they will keep yours also. So if we keep his word, then we get the opportunity to impute or instill his word into others. And that's what we're about. That's our mission. Our mission is to serve, serve him to a point of exhaustion if necessary to serve him to anybody who has ears to hear. Don't give up. Don't give up on anybody. Uh, you know, that, that, 
person in our lives who we think is one of the worst creatures that could walk the face of the earth. Guys, think back. How many of you were born and came out saying, praise the Lord? You went through a rebellious period. Everybody did. I don't even know some people in this room. I know they went through a rebellious period. Some of them, yes, pretty obvious. But let's not get into that. Let's, let's just continue to, to, to take advantage of the day. that Today is the day. Not think about what happened yesterday, So, and, and I'm going to fix it later on. No, he's giving you an opportunity now. If the blood is running warm in your veins, you got a shot. You got a chance. So let's take advantage of it. Just And don't be afraid. There's just too many of us who are afraid of standing out, too afraid of being different, separate. I don't want to be separate. I want to fit in. There's a danger with fitting in. I want to be like everybody else. I don't want to stand out. But that's not what he's called you to be. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that means you're okay with standing out because you are different. Uh, fearfully made. You're going to speak his, his word uh, as bold as a lion, as bold as a lion. You're not ashamed. It doesn't matter who, when, or where. We are going to preach the word of Jesus Christ. Be that, folks. We, we, we got to live it. And there are too many of us who read it, too many of us who quote it, too many of us who hear it, but we don't live it. I will see your life long before I hear your words. And that applies to our sisters and brothers, uh, saints and sinners alike. Don't walk the walk and not talk the talk or vice versa. you got to be all in. That's the, the thing about serving Christ. I'm committed to the cause. Uh, do, are we all going to be martyrs? No. But you got to live as if it may be necessary at some point. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take a stand. That's where I encourage us to be. We can expect to be treated like he was treated because those who hated him don't know God and would hate us also. And those who listen with faith to him, faith to him would hear us also. If they live with faith to him, they, they hear our words. If they don't, as he said in the word, gibberish. It, it doesn't make any sense. This, this stuff that you guys are talking, it doesn't make any sense. You know, how can a person like you, you're, you're intelligent, you have a degree in degrees. You know, how can you not, how can you believe in something like that? How can you believe in those fairy tales? You're too smart for that. How can you believe in that? Don't you know that science has proved that that's not true? Who is this science person that you speak of? I know somebody who's smarter than that science, Dr. Science. Yeah, but they've proven that. They've proven what? You know, and, and off the subject, but we talk about um, the theory of relativity. It came out as a theory. And did you notice that over the years, the word theory was dropped? Why is that? Because the world convinced us that there's some truth to it. And not only that, but so many things have happened in our lifetime, even, even what we're going through right now. There are people who are running afraid. And I'm not saying he's given us wisdom and discernment to know what to do, what not to do. But we're, we're fear. We're in fear now. Some of us, even in this room, are in fear of what's going on around us. I have not, God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's not. He's given you wisdom and discernment to know how to protect yourself. But for us to just coil up and just stay in the bed for 23 hours. He didn't give us that. That's not what he wants us to do. He doesn't want you to go out and conquer the west side, but he wants you to spread that gospel everywhere you go. Let the gospel be the virus. Just go out and just share it. Share it with everybody. Here, let me throw this at you. Oh, you got me. You caught me. That's okay. That's okay. It's the word of God. Uh, verse uh, 21, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. They don't know Jesus. They don't know God. And they don't care to know Jesus and God. All I want to know is, is my flesh happy 
with the season that I'm in. That's all they want to know. And, I, and they want to draw you in, too. Oh, forget about that. Come on, have some fun. You know, do the things that we do. And some of us bought it. Some of us tried it. And we're paying dividends today as a result of that. The scars that we accumulated during those times. Don't buy the lie, folks. But all these things, uh, uh, 22, excuse me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they wouldn't have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Everyone here, I'm looking around trying to find somebody who doesn't fit, has used an excuse for a sin, an area of sin. I don't see any exceptions. I'm still looking. Everyone has an area of sin that they've been drawn into. Everyone. And we justified it. Well, the reason that I'm this way is because I just speak my mind. The reason why I'm this way is because I was raised by a single parent. The reason that I'm this way is because I had bacon for breakfast. You know, come on, stop, stop. There's no excuse for, for, for that. The, the reason I'm this way is because, uh, you know, my mom and my dad didn't really cuddle me when I was a child. So that's why I'm mean and hateful. It's nonsense, folks. My life philosophy is that if, if it happened to an individual, there are many other individuals that had the same situation and it did not happen. So let's, let's not make excuses for our area of sin. Whatever it is that you're holding on to right now, whatever that baggage is that you're carrying right now, let's let it go. Let go, let God. Let's, let's just drop it. I don't need this baggage. I don't need to carry this around anymore. I've been carrying this around since high school. I don't want to carry it anymore. You don't have to. Lay your burdens at his feet, and, and he'll show you that he's got it covered. Let it go, whatever it is. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me because there are some things now that, that I still carry. It's like, why are you carrying this? Well, I prayed that the Lord would take it away. There's a problem there, not with praying to him, but if you're praying and you don't have a sincere heart, we talked about this before. He didn't create robots. He created humankind. And he's going to allow you to come to that fork in the road and still allow you to make that decision. Choose this day who you will serve. Well, you know, I really want to let go of this, but it's been a, a comfort blanket for me for three years now, and I really don't want to let it go. We have to let it go. We have to, just for our own good, just for life's sakes. We have to let it go. Trust him. Do you trust him? If you do, then you will. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the world might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated Jesus without a cause. And uh, it's, it's, it's so challenging for us because we, we, we read about his heart. We read about the Lord's heart. We hear about the Lord's heart. Yet, we don't really want to adopt that heart. Why is that, you ask? Why don't we want to adopt his heart? Because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we show ourselves as being sold out, then all of our friends are going to disappear. If it were a true friend, if it were a true child of God, I'm going to stand with you regardless of what you go through. Uh, some of us give up because the challenges are way too high. Brother, you don't, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, I, I, I love my family, and, and they've just cast me out. They, they've excommunicated me from the family because of what I believe in. This is the point where you've got to say, well, that's okay. Some of us are not that strong. I understand that. Some of us want to belong to things that we shouldn't belong to, so that way we hide it. There's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. Doesn't exist. You are or you're not. 
sell out to him. Don't sell out to the world. Sell out to him. I'm going to do everything I can to honor Jesus in my words, in my life, and in every action that I take. And not only that, but I'm going to believe that no matter what I'm going through, he's in it. He's in the plan. And again, we talked about this last week about when things are going well, when I'm being what I consider blessed or, or, or receiving the good things in life, then it's Jesus. But as soon as things take a turn for the worse, as soon as my health falters, as soon as my child is being obedient, as soon as my mom doesn't like me so much, then it's the enemy working on me. On the contrary, guys, if that were the case, then tell me the meaning of uh, when he, tell me the meaning of chastising, a chastening. Tell me the meaning of chastening. If that's in the Bible. So there must be something to this chastening stuff. And it, relative to our, our children, our family, if you allowed your child to do something that, knew, that you knew were going to hurt them, are you going to just let it go? Well, I love him so much, I'm going to just let him or her do what they want. So that's Jesus' heart for us. I'm going to chasten you. You're going through these trials, but I didn't allow. I caused these trials. I caused these physical ailments. I caused this, this heartbreak because I want to teach you. And not only that, I want to make you stronger for what's coming up. You mean... Wait, there's more? Uh, yeah, there's more. I'm preparing you for a situation that you're going to struggle in because you're not strong enough. I'm going to re prepare you for a relationship that you think you're ready for, but you're not. I'm going to prepare you for that ministry that you're involved in. There's going to be someone that's going to be involved in that ministry that's going to challenge every fiber of your being. Are you ready? Well, I think I am. Then that's a definite no. You got to be. You got to be there. No matter where he's calling you, he's preparing you for a larger challenge. He's uh, you want to be in the ministry? Absolutely. Who doesn't? OK. Are you ready for everybody in the body? Of course I am. Next question. Is everybody in the body ready for you? Well, I never really thought about that. Well, you should. Because it's hard to minister to a body when someone doesn't like you. Because we take it personally. I'm a nice guy. Why don't they like me? What did Jesus say? They hated me without a cause. That's us. I don't understand that. You won't, you'll never understand. It. Because he has a plan through everything that we're going through. And you don't be the judge of what's good and what's bad. God, God is doing good things. The enemy is doing bad things, not necessarily. Sometimes it's just the consequences of our sin. But I'm really not that bad. At least I'm not as bad as she is. It doesn't matter. Grace is not given based on merit. It's not, well, you're a good person, so I'm going to give you, uh, you know, a couple ounces more grace. It doesn't work like that, folks. He's going to bless you according to his measure. He knows how much is required. And another thing, to whom much is given, much is required. I'm going to give you a whole, I'm going to give you a whole cup full of grace today. Well, that's a, t a little bit too much. What am I going to do with the rest? How about giving it away? How about offering forgiveness for something that you're struggling with? This person that you haven't spoken with for three years, even a family member, Offer it. Give it. There's nothing better than giving grace and receiving it as well. And that's where the Lord wants us to be. That's where I want to encourage all of us to want to be. That's the idea behind this love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. But the world is going to hate you. Are you ready? Who really wants to be hated? And not only that, who wants to be hated without a cause? Why do you hate me? Well, I just do, because you think you're better than me. None of us have heard that probably, but it happens. 
become a teacher. You'll hear it. Verse uh, 23, verse 24, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the world might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Uh, verse 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Are you testifying of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Who are you singing praises to? Who are you singing praises for? Today, did you, did you exalt our Father today? Did you tell someone about Jesus today? Or did you just say, well, you know, I'm just going to keep quiet and mind my own business. You know, I know she doesn't like to hear that, that Jesus stuff, so I'm just going to leave her alone. There's a time and a place. And what he tells us in his word that there's some people that you can reach with that gentle talk, that gentle touch, just gentle. But there's some, doesn't say this in the Bible, but basically you got to hit them across the head with a two by four. And spiritually, sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes you have to hit it hard. And no, normally it's a relative. In my experience, it's been a relative. You know, Aunt Mary, Uncle John, they're the worst. They're the worst. Ah, no, I've been hearing about that for 23 years. I don't want to hear it anymore. Go away. But I just want to tell you, and even more so, you have a relative who's in poor health. A friend, perhaps. You want to tell them. You should tell them. Don't forsake the opportunity to share with them. Because what you're saying, do you love them? Do you love them? Do you love that person? Do you love that friend? Do you love them? If you love them, then you would tell about the one who loves them also. You just would. That's just, it's not natural. It's supernatural. Can you do that? Will you do that? The question is you can, but the, but the thing, question is, the, the answer is you can. The question is will you? Will you do it? Will you honor Christ in everything, in your words, in your deeds? Will you? And it's, guys, I, I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking, you know, looking out, it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge, but it's worth it. It's worth it when you hear someone that you've been ministering to for so long to say, you know what? Jesus spoke to me today, and, and, and I have a change of heart. Uh, I, someone mentioned recently how they had been uh, ministering to a, a family member of a different a religious system, and now they have an interest in going to see what this Jesus thing is all about. And once they, they got a taste of it, now they're considering it. Don't remember who it was. I don't remember a lot of things. But uh, it's great. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, verse 27. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. What do you mean been with you from the beginning? I'm not that old. When, was, when did you become aware of Christ? That was the beginning. When did you become aware of him? When does something in your heart say, you know what? I've been living this way for a long time. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to give up the things that I'm giving up. I don't like my life right now. I know there's something better. And that's when Jesus grabbed your heart. The thing about it, he also gives you an opportunity to, to keep on expanding, to have that heart enlarged or to stay passive or constant. And he wants to enlarge that heart. He wants to grow you. He wants to, to make you so confident in him, not in you, so confident in him that most things are not even a challenge. I'm just, just, it's just supernatural for me to go out and just preach the gospel, street witnessing or, or worshiping, uh, ministering to my sisters and brothers right out there in the fellowship hall. Some of us find that a challenge. I don't think we should. But it's, it's easier for some of us than others. Well, brother, that's not my personality. I just can't talk to anybody. 
You're right. You know why? Because you're depending on you. You're depending on you. We have to lean on him. We have to lean on Jesus Christ as that, that inspiration, that boldness, that, that whatever it takes to, to talk, preach the word of God. We have to, folks. In and of ourselves, the word says we are nothing. We can do nothing. We can be nothing. I looked up nothing in the Greek. It meant nothing. 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 Zero. Zip. Nada. You can do nothing. You can be nothing. You are nothing. And it, and it doesn't mean not, not, not to degrade anybody and thinking, well, you're nothing. You're no good. You're, you're warm food. This is low, that's the lowest thing that you can be is warm food. Uh, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you, I, I sustain you. I said, do you know that I control your next breath? Do you know that I've counted the hairs on your head? Do you know that I know the day that you're going to leave here and come to be home with me? Well, I've got 33 years left, according to the word of God. No, you don't. It might be 33, it might be 12, it might be 66. Trust in him. Trust him. We need to trust him. 27, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I repeat that because you have been with me from the beginning. What's the beginning? The beginning of when, you were, when the light, when the switch turned on. When you said, hey, there is something to this. this uh, and, and I don't like the word religion. I'll be honest with you guys. You know, because everybody's religious. Everybody. I like the word faith. Everybody's not faithful. Everybody you can't trust. I know I can trust Jesus because if I knew that you couldn't lie, then I'd be more inclined to trust you. But I know that he tells us that we are people of like passion. Now, I lied once. Twice, actually. (laughs) But... Oh, yeah. Make that three. Thanks, bro. I'm feeling much better about myself right now. But, <laughs> but if he can't lie. He can't lie. So I know that when he says something, that he's not. And, and I was thinking about this uh, uh, Sunday, actually, when I knew that, you know, a pastor had given me an opportunity to come here and talk to you guys. Uh, because I shared with one of the brothers that in Sunday school, uh, the word, uh, what I'd asked them, I asked them to go back. And, and this is something I want you guys to think about. Not, we're not going to, we're not going to do any feedback. Genesis chapter three, verse nine. When Jesus asked Adam, where are you? What should have been Adam's response? I'm standing right here next to this tree. Don't you see me? Is that the question? Was that the question that he was asking? So I I say, I'll ask you, where are you? What do you mean, where am I? You're looking at me. No. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Are you for me or against me? Are you with me or against me? And, And I challenge everybody to answer that question. Every one of you to answer that question. Where are you? As, as the question was posed to Adam in the garden. Where are you? Uh, well, I, I'm sort of with you, but sort of not. Know what that means? I'm not with you. I think that I'm serving the Lord, but I'm really not sure. You know what that means? I'm not serving the Lord. The word of God says, know that you know that you know. And it also says to know and be known. And what that means is you're sure. You're sure of your salvation. You're sure that you're going to go be home to be with Jesus. When, when you're wishy-washy, the word that the word of God uses is lukewarm, which is the word that I talked about earlier, lukewarm. 
I'm not really hot, not really cold. I'm just sort of lukewarm. So I can fit in anywhere. I'm a, uh, I'm a social chameleon. I'm a Christian chameleon. There's no such thing as that. Fearfully and wonderfully made, he made you to stand out. He made you to want to worship him. He made you to want to read his word. He made you to want to know his heart. He made you to devote your life to him. And when I say you, I'm talking all of us. No exceptions. He made you for those things. Are you up for that? Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able? And, and when I think of Jesus, I think of uh, when, when, when the, the tradesmen among us, they know what it, what it means to say raw material. And from, a, from the gospel standpoint, ready, able, and willing. It's raw material, man. For the guys who miss concrete, you've got to have the raw material. For the guys who work on roofs, you've got to have the raw material. For those among us who cook, you've got to have the raw materials. You've got to have the right stuff in order to get the job done. So when it comes to Jesus ready, able, and willing, we've got to read it. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand it. And we need to live it. That's where we fall down. We, we got the reading stuff nailed. And we got the listening stuff down. Or oh, I can go to church. I can pick that up through osmosis. No, you cannot. You can hear it. But unless it makes that travel, it makes that, that, that track, this 18 inches from your head to your heart, it's of no effect. It might affect how you live sometimes. But the, the thing is, we want to be sure. We want to be sure. We want to know that we're getting it. So, so when, you, when you're reading it, you don't understand. Pray. Prayer is so important. I was talking to a sister tonight and just talking about the power of prayer. And I know a lot of us don't really. Some of us got it. There's no question. We got some serious prayer warriors sitting right here tonight. No doubt. And I know that for a fact. And their prayer is effective. But I just want the rest of us who don't understand the power of prayer, try it. Try it. It does. It does. Um, last week, I just want to share this with you guys, and then we're going we're gonna to do communion. Last week, um, when we did uh, John 15, uh, 1 through 17, the sister came up and she said, uh, could you help me to understand when it says, if you abide in me and my word abides, uh, my word abides in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be given to you. What does that mean? Well, do you understand when it says, if it be the Lord's will, do you understand what that means? Well, why doesn't it say that? And there are a lot of things that are not said unless you read the whole, the, the whole word of God. And then some things start to make sense. And her, she was on the impression that I can ask for whatever I want. It says that I can ask for whatever I want and he'll give it to me. And it's like, no, no. Uh, you want to be encouraged? Go back and read um, uh, John 3.16. Go back and read it and tell me what you think that says. And don't think that he's just going to give you what you want. He knows that if I gave you that, you would destroy yourself. If I, gave, if I put this person in your life, allow you to form a relationship with him or her, you would get destroyed. Because they would pull you into the world rather than you pull them towards me. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I want that, that big mansion with 17 rooms. Okay. Do you really want that? I can give it to you. But do you really want that? How does that benefit me? And that's really the whole crust of the matter. How does that edify the Lord? How does that benefit him? It's really about him. It's not about us at all. So whatever, excuse me, whatever gifts he gives, whether it be spiritual or physical, it has to benefit him. And you say, well, that's kind of selfish, but he, he didn't, he's not hiding that. He tells you that I am a jealous God. You were born to worship me. You were created to worship me. And that's what he wants. And when you ask for that gift, you better make sure that it's for his purpose. You better make sure that it's going to honor him. 
you better make sure that you are ready and that he is his will. So that's how we need to pray. I pray that we would all become prayer warriors. I pray that we would all start to begin to learn the power of prayer. I pray that each and every one of us would learn the meaning of the word in the, 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 the words that say pray without ceasing and understanding what that really means. Do we understand what it means to pray without ceasing? Well, I just pray without stopping. Yeah, but what are you praying for? Are you one of those people when you pray it's all about stuff and things? That's not the Lord's heart. When was the last time you prayed for that unsaved family member? Well, brother, I've been praying for them for 13 months now, and they haven't changed, so I just gave up on them. What if God had given up on you? What if God had given up on me? What if? Where would we be right now? Think about that. Think of the things that we gave our heart to God to get away from. We would still be immersed in, the, in those things. And that was when we were younger. Imagine now some of us are, are getting up there, you know. And now those things are going to be even more of a challenge to us. Is that where you want to be? I pray not. Let's learn the power of prayer. Let's learn how much God loves us. Let's dig into his word and, and just continue. Uh, just a couple things on, on communion before we do that. Uh, as we were talking about this tonight, uh, this week actually, I started thinking about do we really understand the meaning of communion? Um, because someone from the body approached me and said, we don't do communion right. What do you mean by that? This is not the way the Lord did it. Okay, what would you like to see? I would like to see us take a chalice, fill it with the, 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 the juice, and pass it around. It's like, not going to happen. Not going to happen. I, I was very sincere. And she was serious as well. Do you do that at your church? No, they, they don't do it at our church, but I think that we should do it the way Christ. I said, no, that was totally different then, totally different. We can't do that. We can't, it's not that we have fear of germs or viruses, but it's just how many of us will want to? Well, they take the little thing, and, and there's a religious system that some of us are familiar with. They take and, and wipe the rim and pass it on to the next person. They just keep doing it. Are you guys comfortable with that? If you are, then you can try it, but I'm out. You know. But the thing was, I, the sister was very sincere in, in the reason that she was asking that, because she thinks that we should do it the way Christ does, did it. Otherwise, it's not, it's not right. And I, I just told her straight up, no, no we're not, not going to do that. And, it's, well, how about if we pray for the bread individually, and the juice individually. So what do we accomplish by that? Well, that's the way Christ did it. And you had to be there, guys. But anyway, so I just, I just wanted to go and say a couple things about communion, uh, what it is. It means to have in common or to participate and have partnership with. That's what it means. We're doing something that's, that we have in common. And if you're not a, uh, a believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I would say pass. I would encourage it. But if you are, please partake. Uh, the part that I struggle with, it says, do this in remembrance of me. And the reason I struggle with that, because I'm thinking, he thinks we're going to forget him. Otherwise, he wouldn't say that. Do this in I want you guys to remember me by taking communion. Do it as often as you can. What he's saying is, the, the words uh, from the songstress that says, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. That's us. Guilty. Guilty. Everybody is guilty of that. Is your mind fixed on the Lord at all times? Okay, why not? And we all got, there's 26 different answers in the room. Why not? Why isn't your mind fixed on God at all times? Well, I got other things I have to think about. So what you're saying to me is there is something more important to you than the love of Jesus Christ. Is there? Should there be? 
Communion means to have in common, to, partic to participate and have partnership with. And uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17, the, the cup of blessing which we bless is, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, it is, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. And the blood of Christ is a, a, a phrase used to, to represent Christ's sacrificial death and fully atoning work. That's what the blood represents. The bread symbolizes the Lord's body, just as the cup symbolizes his blood. Both point to his death as a sacrifice for the salvation of mankind. He died for you, and you, and you. He did. He died for us. Is that enough? What more can he do? What more can we do besides lay down our lives for our sisters and brothers in Christ? That's all he's calling us to do, folks. Uh, so normally the worship team is still here, but uh, not tonight. Unless some of you guys want to come up and do a sermon. Come up and do a solo, bro. Huh? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Because I... <laughs> I was going to call a couple of you guys up and, uh, you know, make a joyful noise. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it would be, too. All right. Thomas, I don't think so. I, nothing personal, bro. But I'm, I'm thinking I don't want to hear Thomas sing. I, I could be wrong. He might be a Pavarotti, for all I know. But I'm not going to take any chances. So we'll just wait. Um, I'd just rather wait until they come in and start worshiping. Then, as they do, I would, if you guys don't mind, just walk up and take the, uh, take the bread and the juice and uh, just hold on to it until we get through the song. I, we would greatly appreciate it. So, uh, guys, it's, 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 it's just wonderful, you know, to, when we get these opportunities to, to serve the Lord. And what a blessing, what a blessing it is. And, I, and I'm telling you guys, I, I, I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, may not always say it, and I'm not saying it because you're sitting here, but I really do because you guys are, you guys are just an encouragement. You guys encourage me so much.